friends. Hello, brothers. This is Justin with Masonic Improvement. I'm very excited uh, for this interview that we're doing this evening. I'm joined with my co-host, uh, Right Worshipful Dennis Yates, and the wise man of Waco himself, Brother Robert Marshall. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta love the little, the little names he gives everybody. That's. Yeah. Uh, I forgot to I forgot to drop the guru of Goliath this time, but it's all right. I was I was so excited. Okay. I thought I was clever with the wise man of Waco. I wanted to be sure I got that one out. That's How okay. You? We we had lodge today, and and so everybody got to see the guru with his case. Mm. With what, his are you, guru case. what are you then? Are you the are the hell spawn of Hillsborough? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> Finally, somebody on my side. <laughs> Well, that's probably going to catch now, but <laughs> yes, <laughs> you can nice. believe that. I got to make a new case now. He was the, the he was the herald of, of Hillsboro. Now he, oh, he okay, calls okay. himself he herald calls seems... him, yeah, and he calls himself the herald because he doesn't want to be a herald. So, <laughs> but <laughs> he's my herald. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not forty five and balding. I'm not a herald. <laughs> So Robert, well, I am I am super stoked. I just got to say real quick, I am super stoked to have Robert on the show. He's been a friend of, of mine for many years, and and along with Justin, and and we always get together at Grand Lodge and and uh, chew the chud, and and it's some of the best discussions I ever have are uh, with these two brothers, and and some of the best times in Freemasonry that that I can attribute my my masonic career to uh involve these two brothers so i'm very excited to have both y'all in the same place at the same time don't look so excited robert <laughs> i'm glad you're excited so <laughs> so robert is actually a re this is not his first interview here but i think oh, this okay. is the first time that dennis has been on the show with the interview so yeah. But I listened to that first one. I listened to that first one, so I'll watch what I say so I don't get knocked out. I'm glad mm. you did because I actually brought <laughs> 10 questions about the last episode that I was hoping you'd be able to answer. Nice. <laughs> nice. Nice. When I was in uh when when I was an undergrad, I one of my favorite professors was a history professor and uh she told us the first day of class that the chances of getting a pop quiz were the same as the chances of her coming through the window to start class and we were on the third floor of a really old building at baylor so just like oh sweet we're never gonna have a pop quiz so like three weeks into the semester the window rolls open she's late and we're all wondering <laughs> where she is. and uh in comes a uh, an american colonial soldier that was her in uniform for the lecture that day uh, on a wow. on a forty foot ladder that she'd gotten the maintenance crew to set up for her and gave us a pop quiz, but nobody could be mad about it because she warned us. That is awesome. She uh, yeah. she put the work in for it, so that's right. Yeah. So Robert, I'm, I'm very excited. I know we have the I think it's going to be the second uh, Waco Festive Board coming up this month, isn't it? In June. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, so. Yeah, it's 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 the second recent festive board, but it, but it, our lodge, like most lodges, if you look back in the records, you'll find festive boards used to be a, a a common thing, not an annual thing, more like a monthly thing. 
uh, back in the day. And, and our lodge used to do really big ones uh, throughout the year. Mm. Well, well, last year was really big. Or it felt really yeah, big. Yeah, uh, last year was great. Uh, we were in McLean Stadium over there, Baylor's football stadium that I worked on when, when they put it up. And um, I have some fun memories there from when I was a student and it was brand new. But um, I think we had about 90 people there uh, in McLean Stadium. So this year we'll be right across the river inside the official Texas Ranger Hall of Fame and Museum, which I also worked on. So uh, nice. that is awesome. That is awesome. I tell you what, I I missed it last year. I, I'm absolutely sick about it. I wanted to go, and yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, there was some conflict, and I can't remember what it was. But I, I had meant to go, and I missed it. And uh, I just cannot wait for this one. I I've been to a lot of festive boards, and and there, that's Freemasonry to me. That's that's what it's all about. You know, if if you want to talk about fellowship, camaraderie. Um, you know, a good, good education, a little history, you know, you, it's a festive board. That's, that's Freemason. So if, if you have a chance, guys, this is an event to go to and, and Waco, I know never disappoints in, in anything that they do. So I, I can't wait to do it. Except for the time that it smelled like we cooked a rat in the Grand Lodge, but mm. we'll skip right past that. Uh, <laughs> we don't, we don't talk so, about that. Uh, you know, it, uh, I agree with you. I think Freemasonry really happens at, at festive boards and it's, co it's common still, I think for people to think that those are new. Uh, and, and you, when you say Freemasonry happens at festive boards, you can look all the way back to three, 400 years ago when in the middle of, or as a degree was finishing, they would flip the altar upside down and cover it in food and drink. And they would have a festive board right then and there. Uh, every time there was a degree. So it really used to be a staple of free. You couldn't do Freemasonry without festive boards originally. That's why it's called a festive board. It was, it was the board of the table, the altar being flipped upside down. I, I just think back oh, to what, cool. what a great experience every, every uh, festive board has been for me. Um, and it makes me think of the retention we would have if as soon as you did an EA degree, you you flipped and you started doing a festive board like immediately after, like yeah. obviously not flipping your altar over right, but you just transition right into it. Yeah, or at yeah. least the masters. I mean, altars just the common altar now in a Masonic lodge really isn't built for that sort of thing. But back mm -hmm. then, I mean, it it was a it was a much simpler setup, so it's not like you were flipping over a a, a giant solid altar like we have now. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it was it was more like a table. Yeah. type of thing like an end table that you would see today it was just temporarily set up for lodge because because those spaces usually weren't permanent lodge rooms they were usually spaces that they were renting above a coffee house or a pub mm -hmm. uh and and that space was rented out for all kinds of things like uh, uh science clubs or uh whatever kind of group wanted to rent it out mm -hmm. Dennis, Dennis, did you get a ticket Am I going to see you there? Oh, you, you better believe I got a ticket. Okay. I'm, yeah, going up for, I'm going up for A&D Day the week before, and I'm coming back for the festival board because I thought that they were going to be at the same time as well as Grand Lodge mm -hmm. and stuff, but all that was moved. And But, mm -hmm. you know, this is 
Sorry, Brad, but this was why I was coming to Waco to begin with. <laughs> I, I just want to say that uh, when, when you travel as a Mason, every once in a while you'll attend something that will recharge your Masonic batteries, so to speak. And sometimes you didn't even realize you're running on low until you go to one of these things. And then you're, you're inspired, you're excited. Um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a very positive experience. And so I would encourage everybody and, and I don't really care how far away you are. Uh, if, if there's still any tickets available, go uh, and I'll include a link below in the description and in, and in the comments, uh, check the link out and get yourself a ticket. I don't care if you got to drive three or four or five hours for it. Um, if your Masonic battery is low, you should make it a priority. And if it's not low, you should still make it a priority because it might be lower than you think. And I know, I know yep. last year, I didn't realize, I didn't realize that my Masonic battery was low. I didn't realize I was getting low on juice, but uh, I mean, it was a, it was an excellent meal Brothers that uh, I had seen on Facebook, I've seen around, but I never actually met in person. Um, so that was great and uh, uh, pretty good lecture. I mean, it was it was it was okay. No, no, Robert gave a great lecture on Egyptian Freemasonry, and uh, I actually he actually inspired me to uh, to 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 get the oh, book. Right. Yeah, yeah it's a great book. Yeah, so uh, it was a great presentation. Uh, there was nothing about it that was disappointing in any way. Uh, as I recall, we started with a with a master's degree at Waco, and then mm-hmm. um, we were supposed to uh, do like a bagpipe progression mm-hmm. procession they across. They actually did it. So it started raining, and I and I officially called it off because I was worried people were going to get rained on in their tuxedos. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but some brave dudes, including the Piper, who's yeah. from Waco, uh, but it, but it is the official Piper of Robert Burns Lodge down in uh, Round Rock in Georgetown. Uh, Philip Bates is his name. He's a great dude. He actually just played bagpipes this past weekend at the Austin Scottish Rite uh, reunion as well. Nice. Uh, but uh, yeah, he, he led a procession across the Brazos River into McLean Stadium mm-hmm. uh, while the rest of us chickened out and went straight to the venue. And I think I think there were a half dozen. Were you one of the guys that went with him? I did. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were. Yeah. Uh, yeah I'm, gl- I'm glad y'all did that because I, I was excited that th- that was part of the plan and disappointed that we had to call it off. And glad y'all did it anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. He, he's a really great bagpiper. Are you playing um, anything like that this year? Like, can you? Can uh, you he's can coming. You? Uh, I'll ask him if he, he's going to pipe. Uh, I don't know if he is or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but I do know he's coming to the festive board. Uh, we, we have uh, free reign of the museum itself. So I'll be able to walk some guys through the museum. I wrote, uh, dozens of the bi- official biographies for the Texas Rangers there. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty familiar with their, their exhibits and, and the people that they feature in it. Nice. Um, and, um, uh, there's a silent auction with some really, really cool items. Uh, Brother Yates uh, has has provided uh, a custom apron case. And uh, there's a custom cooler with the Grand Lodge seal on the top of etched into the top of it. Uh, there's a, a pistol. There's a, a really, really, I think, impressive 
painting by a, a, a local or regionally well-known painter and it depicts a scene of a, a Freemason's farmhouse uh, in Waco. Uh, it's it's, it's re- really nice. It was made as a gift to our past master who donated it for the silent auction in, in memory of his mother when she passed away. Mm. The painter was her best friend. Uh, so that, mm. that was re- really a special piece. I was shocked that he was willing to donate it. Um, and, uh, yeah, th- th- there's, there's some other fun stuff planned. I don't want to give everything away, but, uh, yeah, you said if there are tickets available, there certainly are. And, uh, there's 75 bucks. Uh, you can find them at wacomasonic.org slash store. Uh, mm-hmm. so it's not a hard URL to put in. Um, and, uh, if you're, a, if you're a Mason, we'd, we'd be more than happy to have you there. We'll have some, uh, Prince Hall guys in attendance, just like last year, which, uh, very cool. Our festive board script includes uh, some uh, particular things for Prince Hall guests. Uh, so it, it's it's important to have them there. Otherwise, we'd have to drop that part of the script. Uh, but uh, the seven traditional toasts uh, going back hundreds of years. And uh, there will be another lecture. Uh, the meal has been sorted out and it's 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 going to be a good menu. Uh, Southern Roots Brewery, directly across the street from uh, Grand Lodge, is supplying the beer. They're the producers of Waco Lodge's own beer. I en- I uh, enjoy that beer. Yep, uh, I like that brewery. Yeah, yeah, they're great. Uh, and, and last year we we gathered over there after the festive board and mm-hmm. had cigars and drinks in front of the Grand Lodge, which is a lot of fun. If if you've never been to see the Grand Lodge at nighttime. Uh, it's definitely worth it because of the way the stained glass is lit up. Uh, it's, yes. It's it's a building, at least from the outside, that, that I think was designed to be seen at night. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's it's majestic day or night, but it's worth seeing it both times. Agreed. And and just to, just to let all the listeners know, you know, that $75, that's for a quality meal. You know, it's not – we're not – talking about green beans and hamburgers or you know stuff like that it's not your local fish fish fry which you know we we, we're not talking bad about that i love fish and and we eat well at our lodges and and our at our lodges all the time however this is special and it's put together special everything has a purpose and it's and it's made purposeful and with uh with meaning and care uh, so that you have the best experience, so that all your senses that you learn about in Freemasonry are filled. You know, all your your different um, your your mind, your body, and your spirit. You know, all three are are filled. You get to fill your cup in in a festive board. And I can tell you, any that I've ever been to, I have never been disappointed. And I know that that this one will be the same and and i am so excited so excited that it's at the <laughs> at the at the uh, texas rangers uh yeah. museum i mean that's that is just so cool that is so cool and, yeah, and i'm I mean, surprised that we don't have all of them over you know all the texas rangers from around the state i'm surprised that they're not showing up in groves yeah yeah uh a lot of texas rangers w- were masons and uh uh, I will say th- that you you might not see a lot of Texas uh, retired Texas Ranger Masons there, 
this is just conjecture. I know a few years ago with the uh, the Masonic Texas Ranger group, there was some tension between the official Texas Ranger Hall of Fame and Museum and those guys because uh, the official Texas Rangers uh, agency took issue with the Masonic one because they had not sought uh, sanction from the Texas Ranger agency for something they were doing. And, and there was some kind of conflict there. I don't know if okay. there's still bad blood there or not, but that could be why those guys uh, don't attend if they don't attend. And I don't know, they might, they might be attending. Uh, but um, it's a special place for a lot of reasons. Uh, of course it's cool because of the Texas Ranger Hall of Fame and Museum. It's a great view of the Brazos. Uh, but also uh, it's it's literally on top of our original Masonic Cemetery from the 1860s. Uh, oh, so wow. really, did not know that. Yeah, yeah. A really weird thing happened uh, in Waco where it was our cemetery for 30, 40 years. And then in the 1890s, due to flooding in that area, they moved the cemetery uh, over to what's now called Oakwood Cemetery. Mm-hmm. Um, so it had originally been the Masonic Cemetery. There was a Jewish cemetery next to it. The the lodge uh, sold a piece of property for the Oddfellas to have a cemetery and then donated a piece of the cemetery to the city. So all four entities had uh, places to bury people there. And then when uh, they moved for the flooding, all of those entities also moved uh, down the road. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it was supposed to be that the bodies were moved uh, with the cemetery. And uh, the lodge maintained ownership of the property, uh, despite the the move or, uh, moving of the cemetery. Well, in 1969, the city started a project uh, that was then called the Fort Fisher uh, Museum, which was the name of a fort that had been there uh, by the Texas Rangers back in the day. Uh, and it was sort of like a retro um, uh, go see what it was like to be in a mid-1800s. Uh, Ranger Fort uh, experience. And then that turned into the Texas Ranger Hall of Fame and Museum. But before they could put it there, they had to get access to the property, which meant asking the lodge for it. And we still have the the document from the city thanking us for donating the property to them. However, this is where I uh, uh, admonish the past leaders of my lodge. Uh, they just donated the property that had been their cemetery and they left the bodies of their brothers in the ground. So fast forward uh, 40 years uh, by the time it had grown from the fort and it was time to build a larger museum facility where we'll be having dinner. When they broke the ground to build the building, they found a lot of bodies. And so the construction had to stop and it was halted for uh, half a decade, maybe a little longer as they tried to figure out, well, are there natives? Are they settlers? Who are they? What do we need to do with them? That literally took years. Uh, I can't imagine just giving away the remains of my brothers. I think that's a, uh, a shame or a mar on uh, that yeah. era of Waco masonry. Uh, but uh, it's cool to be able to go back to it now and honor the memory of those guys, including George Erath, who has a statue uh, there. He was our charter treasurer. He spoke nine languages uh, wow. and immigrated from Austria wow. before he was a veteran of the Battle of San Jacinto. He, he had the task at the end of the battle of uh, guarding the personal belongings of Santa Anna uh, and, and shared some really interesting things about it in his memoirs, which uh, you can also read on our website. Mm. Half of the charter members of Waco Lodge were Texas Rangers, and the first man they ever initiated was a Ranger, Shap, uh, Shap, Shapley Ross, 
the father of Sol Ross, who was also a Waco Lodge member and even more famous Texas Ranger. Uh, so, so yeah, our, our lodge has a lot of ties to that place uh, as a lodge and, and the agency itself. We um, that is awesome. We make such a big emphasis on on uh, Masonic funerals and things like that. And you can read in old minutes, like like huge processions from the church to the Masonic processions from the church to the graveyard, where there'd be a, a ton of Masons there. It'd be a the community knew about it. I mean, it was a huge deal. And so going from that to uh, just uh, I'll just leave them there. That's uh, yeah, that's something. That's that's yeah, very it's hard disappointing. to imagine. Yeah. And you're right. They used to be a really big deal. Daniel Gardner, the Grand Secretary of Montana, he has written some stuff that's been out in journals lately. I think uh, uh, Research Lodge in England published on it, and maybe it was a Scottish Rite journal, uh, as well as a California journal. It, it's, his, his stuff's coming out in different places where he has focused on the role that Masonic funeral processions uh, played in the American West. Uh, and it's been greatly underappreciated by Masons and, and non-Mason historians alike. Uh, it, it was really important because in the American West, sometimes these towns were so fledgling uh, that if you died and you were a Mason, that was the only thing that you had guaranteeing that you would have any kind of burial service at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times churches hadn't even arrived yet. Um uh, and yeah, they would put bodies in the in the lodge rooms. In the they would they would actually display the the body in the lodge room, and and they would have the service in the lodge, and then they would carry it in procession to the cemetery. It, that's man. If if I can talk the guys into doing that for me, that's how I want to go. If I have to if I do what. We still do that. We still do that today. We just call them past masters. <laughs> That's oh funny. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'll probably cut that part out. <laughs> they, they no, you need of course, a, no editing time. tonight. With the advent of vehicles, towns grew and, and distance increased, so it wasn't really possible to walk from the lodge to the cemetery anymore. And mm-hmm. that also used to include walking uh, to or from the brother's house, where they would have gotten the body. Uh, and uh, you're you're right. What you're describing is awake, and uh, exactly they, yes. They they held those at the lodge, mm-hmm. uh, and there was a private funeral ceremony, a a precursor and parallel to the pri- public uh, Masonic service that we're all more familiar with. Uh, and we we mostly don't do the private one at all anymore. It's kind of been condensed into uh, what we do for Lodge of Sorrows. But back then, you couldn't open and call off the Lodge of Sorrow for the whole year. You had to open the lodge every single time you were yes, doing a funeral. Each one, yes. And, mm. and there was a whole ceremony uh, that went with it. Um, and, when, yeah, we, we've really gotten away from a lot of that. But it was really crucial in the 1800s uh, to the development of, of society across the West. Uh, because in reality, you might die tomorrow morning. It was a very real possibility in the West. Uh, so the promise of some kind of service and your body being cared for and your, your widow potentially being cared for meant way more in the pre-insurance and pre yes. uh, multi-generation in a community uh, era. 
Yes, Over- and pre-stock market. Yeah. Pre-401k. Pre, you know, it's so it was I, none of that. I'm trying to remember if it was a conversation with me and Dennis or or, or you and I, Robert. It may have actually been on, on your show at one point. Um, but the discussion was, uh, and I think it's very valid. If you look at like the war, the world wars and the civil wars, you see a, a very large, uh, swing in membership. And, uh, a lot of that appeal I suspect was that, um, and, and you hear about like Masonic funerals, like world war one and, and, and civil war and things like that. And so I think a huge appeal to being a Mason at those times was, uh, you would actually be buried and have a funeral as opposed to just being left there. Yes. As a matter of fact, they, they, um, they did do that specifically in the civil war. And that was, um, that was very important in what there was a, there was a an oration not too long ago that was done by, uh, I believe one of the grand orders and they had discussed it, um, at length where there was a a general that that these guys were captive and and this general saw the the sign of a of a master mason on the on the other guy and and they stopped fighting for the whole day and both sides came together and buried a brother and then and then went back and resumed fighting the next day mm-hmm. so you know that was that was a real thing that happened and and many people joined during that time because they didn't want to be just left in the field and and not known to the world what happened. So I, I don't know, Robert, you're the historian here. I this is what I've learned in reading and, and hearing orations and stuff, but uh isn't that uh pretty factual? Let me start by saying that you asked me to uh, make an assessment on whether it was factual. Uh, so what I'm going to <laughs> is is not uh, uh, imposed in any way. I was asked, so I'm going to answer. Uh, this is awesome. Are, so so I'm getting records. shut down. That's what he's saying. He's going to shut me down and shut me up. No, and, no, no, no. So, uh, so there are records, it was there nice are records of cases like that that you described, and things like that did happen in wartime, and that war and in other wars. Uh, but there are also a lot of myths and some things that, that can be do- demonstrably shown as myths. And one of the biggest ones is the the uh, when it comes to the Civil War is the uh, the what do they call it? The um, from brother to brother statue or or something like that, where he's kneeling. And uh, that one often comes with a story about those two guys being uh, on opposite sides of the war and how they were really close friends and. Then he was dying on the battlefield and they had a moment. Uh, there's no record of the moment. Uh, and uh, while they might have been acquaintances, there is absolutely, in fact, the evidence strongly suggests they weren't close friends. Um, uh, so that, that's, a, that's a very mythologized story that's been expanded over time just because the statue encouraged people to, to do that. Uh, there are probably cases similar to the myth that happened uh but the guys that are usually used for it uh that's definitely uh myth uh but i mean yeah there there are real cases of of masonry causing uh, guys who were otherwise enemies in wartime to uh, treat each other better and one of the presidents uh 
during the Civil War. I, I can't remember if it was McKinley, maybe Taft. One of the somewhere somewhere right in that era, one of those guys that were were president in the generation following the Civil War around the turn of the 20th century, I think. Um, when they were younger, visited a POW camp or were serving, they saw some kind of positive exchange or good treatment of prisoners who were Masons. And the president, who the guy who became president of the United States, later went on record saying that was why he joined. Uh, so there's a nice, pretty prominent nice. example of of uh, someone who joined for the reason that Dennis is talking about. So, uh, yeah, no, th those things did happen, but there it's really common for the stories we get of them uh, to not have happened. Just like the Santa Ana thing that that has been yes, shared. And shared, I, was, and shared. I was about to ask about that. Yeah, those those which is unfortunate because uh, while those myths would be cool if they were true, we can when you find out that they're not true, it's really disappointing. And then if you dig some more, there are actually true stories that are really cool, sometimes even better. Uh, so yes. we end up fixated on a made up story instead of finding out the, the, the better truth. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, uh, you know what? You know what's Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, that I don't think in a, in the heat of battle, you would have people not shooting one another because they recognize the lapel pin or something like that. Yeah. No matter how many lapel pins yeah, you may have. Right. Everybody would wear a lapel pin. But what I was going to say is what, what's interesting and in, in speaking to what just happened, you know, that's why we joined Freemason, you know, because we, we want to learn. We want to educate ourselves. We want to be, because through the years, there's been so many determinations of, of doctrine uh, when it comes to religion and when it comes to politics. And we are charged to educate ourselves um, on both and, and seek the truth so that we can admonish justice and, uh, and, and be the upright citizens that we need to be. And, you know, that's a perfect example right there is some, you know, I, I had, I have read some, some different stories on that and, but I've also heard some different orations and I have heard that very one that you're talking about. And, and so knowing that some of those stories are, are, are false doesn't surprise me because the same thing happened over the years as, as generations regurgitated the stories of of even even the christian faith the 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 muslim faith whatever as as generations go before there were written words people would tell the stories and so the stories got distorted now we have history and it's easier to go back to the to the to the you know not so um distant past but in, in the very past. And that's why Freemasonry came about. So, I mean, that's just an excellent example of, of why we should be, you know, reading, why we should be visiting these museums, why we should be, you know, educating ourselves in the arts. And I, I'm sorry, I got on that tangent, but when you, when you corrected me, I was, I was afraid and I that's was, not what I happened. was excited. 
I know. I'm he got he got back to the corners to start talking his way out of it. <laughs> you you you. But, but when he started that, talking, I, I was afraid. I was afraid, and I was and I was excited at the same time. That's well, like, like I said, the, 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 the general <laughs> thing you were describing was, was true. There were a lot of cases. That it, it's true more right. than one. There were a lot of examples of that stuff happening. I, I brought up the other specific story uh, and said that that one wasn't true. But what you're talking about well, and that's perfect. on the nose. Yes, but that's, but that's perfect. That's, that's the kind of stuff that we like to get out there for our listeners so that you know people get the, the real story in Freemasonry and not, not just what, you know, it, it happens even with our esoteric memorization work. A lot of times we get the, the story that's not necessarily the true meaning of, of a symbol or, or mm. a uh, gesture. And, yeah. and it's, because, it's because that lodge has, has functioned a certain way for so many years and it's been retold the same, you know, it, it just happens. And so mm. it's good. That's that's why it's good that we have the four schools. It's good that we have the the uh, the mentorship programs that that educate our the craft. Mm -hmm. And it's good that we have the the festive boards and to where we get to meet people from all walks of life, people that know these things. You know, if it wasn't for traveling, I would have never met you. Either one of y'all. And now y'all are some of my closest friends. And so that that's freemasonry if it wasn't mm -hmm. for, for freemasonry you know we wouldn't be here today and uh you know me sitting here talking gibberish and thinking i wonder how how the baby's doing you know <laughs> mm -hmm. that's freemasonry you know yeah. those connections those connections yeah. you get to meet people through through the festive boards and through travel and and you get to to you know, make connections that you wouldn't normally get. Robert, do you, you've already made connections in your lodge. Now it's time to travel and go get them from a festive board. Not to, not to change the subject, but a thought occurred to me. Do you know if Fluff, Brother Fluff, is going to the festive board? Have you heard anything from him? You mean the the TikTok guy? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got a call ahead. I don't know. I'd have to look at the list. Uh, he, he might be. Uh, if you're not, we're calling you out, brother Fluff. When when you first ask, it's <laughs> tricky because we have a past master at Waco Lodge whose name is Fluffy, and we call him Fluff. <laughs> uh, so when you first ask about it, I think of Fluff uh, here. Uh, is his name Wyatt? Yes, yes. Zachary Wyatt. Zachary. Yeah, yes, yeah. Zachary Wyatt. Again, I'm I'm just trying to remember off the top of my head. Uh, I think his name is already on the list. Nice. Uh, Good. And I know he'll bring a few of his buddies, and and they're they're all friends of ours. So we'll we'll have a good time. Yeah, man. Um, dang it, there's something. He's been making waves, ticking and talking. He has. Yeah, he's he's working hard at it too. Like he's and, always putting out he's, content. Yeah, and he's good at it for stuff like the festive boards. You know, we we yeah. have our podcast, but realistically, you can't do that at a festive board. But he can he can pop it up and. Get everybody excited about it. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, this is going to be, uh, I don't know, last time I went. I mean, you see, you meet a lot of people at Grand Lodge anyway, but uh, a lot of the people that I still haven't met before or I only see every once in a while, I mean, pretty much everybody that was that was anybody uh, was there last year. 
And so I, I expect it'll be the same. Really? This year. Everybody who's anybody. Really? And, and anybody maybe that was anybody. <laughs> yep. Nope, that was right. Well, all, <laughs> all, all the cool masons were there. We'll just put it that way. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All the fly masons. Hmm. People That's don't say funny. that anymore, Dennis. <laughs> That's that's why I'm on the show so that I can attract the older generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're bringing it back. Man. That's how I have it. Yeah, that's funny. But yeah, the the uh, festive board is is going to be exciting. Being able to and 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 it's not just uh, past masters either. You have worshipful masters, senior wardens, junior. Whoever wants to come to a festive board, a master mason can come to a festive board. And so it's not, it's not just the who's who. It's, it's anybody who wants to experience the marrow and the bone. Anybody is it, that, that. Is it even limited to master masons? I think one brother brought his wife last year. Yeah. So, EAs oh, and, oh, so. No, no, no. Hold EAs, on. Uh, EAs and fellow crafts can go. Uh, there was a guy who brought uh, a date, his girlfriend. He showed up really late in the night. You remember that? The, mm-hmm. the festival board was almost over. And uh, he, he absolutely should not have brought her. He was from San Antonio. Uh, so he had driven a long way. Mm-hmm. And uh, the festival board was almost over. So it was just kind of a. Uh, all right, you, you can go sit over there with her, but yeah, no, please don't bring your wives. We okay. like your wives. Uh, bring them to town, bring them to Waco, take them to Magnolia or uh, uh, the historic Waco Foundation Homes. Uh, if you've got kids, the Dr. Pepper Museum or the Mayborn Museum is right next door yes. to the Texas Major Hall of Fame and Museum. Uh, it houses the oldest museum in Texas. Uh, which is named after a member of Waco Lodge, the Strecker Museum. Uh, and it's got amazing stuff in it. Really, really fun time for, for kids and families to go through. They can learn about science and physics and geology and uh, fossils and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but the festive board itself is, is, is for masons uh, only, EA's Fellcrafts Master Masons. Uh, and, uh, we might've already hit our, our quota on past masters. Uh, we try to keep that down to only a few so that it doesn't get too grumpy at the, uh, <laughs> festival board. Nice. Um, and, uh, we have also already, hit so we're our, allowed to serve alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Well, and we've also already hit our capacity for grand lodge officers. We, we, we try not to have too many of those. <laughs> you don't, you don't want nice. too many harumphs during the presentation. Yeah. Right? No. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have any fun if there were if there were Grand Lodge officers. They'd be slapping me in the back of the head the whole night. Well, I'm going to. Uh, I've been inviting lots of lots of brothers, but I'm going to uh, double down on that uh, to see how many more I can get to go um, to Waco with me. Just because, yeah, uh, regardless, you guys are coming. We're we're, we're going to have a good time. We've we've got a a pretty good number now, and the more that come, the merrier. Uh, yeah. But uh, it's definitely it's definitely going to be a fun time. Uh, the Worshipful Master's wife has uh, what's the word sewn, weaved? I don't know. She made a carpet uh, with a Texas and a Square and Compass logo on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty good size in the photos. I I, I want to say it's like four feet by four feet maybe. Uh, uh, so that's pretty cool. A custom rug. Uh, yeah. 
Oh, and uh, uh, all attendees will be getting a for a, a forbidden uh, Texas Masonic artifact. Oh, nice! Whoa, yes! Nice! I can't wait. Outlawed material. I I, nice. I, I have suspicions. Now you're speaking my yeah. love language. Can <laughs> can can imagery of it be found at the Grand Lodge? Oh no 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 no! Oh, you're okay. not thinking the right thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, uh, no, this is uh, it. Per- it pertains to one of the steps on the winding stairs. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. But yeah, I was. I can't uh, wait. I was thinking more along the lines of um, going to what, uh, what I was talking about earlier. I want to bring brothers from my district, and I think this is a great opportunity for any basin that really wants to to level up things in their district. Um, a lot of people they 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 have to see things, what, what something can be before they, they really start get the, yes. get the gears turning. And so, yes. <laughs> excuse me. So I'll get brothers from my district to say, Hey, I'm not necessarily talking about hosting festivals in my district or anything yet, but like, this is, this is, this is what a nice event can be like. This is hey, what, this is what a, a meal can be like. What are you going to say? There's a venue out there in your area. It's a castle out on the lake. Mm-hmm. I wonder yeah. I wonder if event rentals are reasonable out there. I I think it's actually, don't quote me. I know exactly what you're talking about. I think it's pretty expensive, uh, uh, but I don't know. I, I, I like I haven't personally looked into it, but yeah. I, I've, I've talked to people that have weddings and things out there. Um, yeah. I think I agree. It would be cool. It'd be a really yeah. cool thing to do. Hmm. Yeah. So, sometimes That's places are too expensive. Yeah, I had I had thought about places in my area for something like that at one point, but mm-hmm. that castle had never occurred to me. So I appreciate you bringing that up. I have to look into that now. Yeah, I would I would show. I would show up. Oh, you would, huh? Yeah, I'm down. You you just you name the date, and I'll, I'll be there. Okay, I'll keep that. Maybe in it'll mind. be the Masonic Improvement Festival Board. Yes, exactly. That's go. what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Justin can host it, and I'll I'll just. Oh, nice! I'm intimidated now. I'm scared. You guys are what, what around. Why are you scared, Dennis? <laughs> that, that guy's just too happy for some reason. Hmm. What's What's he got in his hands? What are you talking about? <laughs> Where did that come from? I don't know what you're talking about, Dennis. <laughs> yeah, what, you know, I was going to say earlier, being being that the uh, museum is is on on top of a of a of a cemetery, maybe we ought to just turn out all the lights and just sit there for a while. Yeah, we should have a yeah, we should I, have a sleepover. That's been in some yeah. of the festive board marketing that that there might be uh, uh, past masters from the 1800s on uh, present with us. <laughs> nice. That'd be cool. If, so, if, if your brothers can, can make that happen, why don't you come to the festival board and let's let's experience that together? I'll have to ask our festival board manager, uh, uh, Ryan Durker, to uh, to make sure there are three Ouija boards in each column of the festival board. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That would be fun. That'd be fun. 
no guys we're not satanic we're yeah. we're just fun we we're just gonna, enjoy life gonna end up summoning the stay puff marshmallow man you know you know we <laughs> were just yeah. a, a that would a be party our game were they what? Are they? Yeah, uh, Ouija boards. They were just a, a Victorian era party game. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't know what, what would uh, beer pong today. Imagine <laughs> if 150 years from now, people had the notion that beer pong was a method to speak to the spirits. That's that's yes. how silly it is uh, that people take Ouija boards seriously. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, always... but that happens. With... Go ahead. You always hear stories, but like we were talking about, like stories, stories don't always mean a whole lot, right? Like things get taken out of context. Well, and, and yes, and you know, that's why we don't, we're not allowed to have skulls in Freemasonry because it, it makes people uncomfortable. And, and even though we should be uncomfortable because we're not allowed to have one to die. Damn, no what? skulls in Freemasonry. Don't you oh, know oh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's that, that's, a, that's that forbidden thing I, I was I was thinking Robert was talking about. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. It wouldn't, wouldn't go that far. Up. But, you know, bringing up that, that point, the reality of, of death is, is a real thing, and we should be more conscious about what we're doing and, and why we're here, and that's part of our Freemasonry. And um, I think we don't consider it enough in today's world. Like you were saying earlier, you know, we've got the, the 401ks, we've got the, you know, all of our different retirement, we got insurance, we got this, we got that. And so people feel like they're prepared. And so they don't want to think about it. And back in the day, people thought about it as a real thing and, and, you know, it was something that you had to plan for. And, and that was that was a real part of Freemasonry. I don't think being prepared um, financially and being prepared as far as like legacy planning goes is the same thing as being prepared spiritually Seriously? and emotionally. And I think that's something that that says to your point, I think we overlook. Uh, I think a lot of people feel comfortable as long as they have their wills and enough in their 401ks to leave to their to their children or their wives but when the moment actually comes there's still that panic because um they haven't prepared for the they haven't prepared for it in other ways but i i wholeheartedly agree with what you're saying and uh i, I was just thinking as you were talking um going back to the to to the winding staircase um if you if you look at at every step on the winding staircase, talking about like the liberal arts and sciences and everything like that, um, if if you take that seriously and take it to heart, um, that's a lifetime of work right there. Uh, I, I mean, it'll make you a classically trained man by 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 every uh, interpretation of the word, uh, but that's a that's a lifetime of work right there. And, and the, the, the memento mori or, or, or keeping being mindful of death doesn't necessarily fall into that directly, at least not in the fellow craft, right? But uh, that's, another, that's another facet that we learn about later that is, is equally important. 
and um, we we went from a from a time where it was uh, not constantly in front of us, but we were exposed to the uh, memento mori concept on a, on a more regular basis to uh, hiding it, being afraid of it, uh, and definitely don't post anything about it on Facebook or anything like that. So it's uh, there's definitely been a shift in, in the mentality. And uh, I know a lot of people jumped on the uh, the Memento Mori uh, bandwagon because it it was cool, right? I mean, there's a skull, um, but uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe we needed some people to get on in it for the wrong reason for for it to actually get the attention it deserves. But I think it's definitely something that we first of all we need to stop being afraid of. We need to stop being afraid of the symbolism, and uh, I mean I think it's one of the most important symbols. Uh, of all the symbols of Freemasonry, it's the one that will for sure one day affect you. And so I think it's probably one of the most important symbols. I concur. I'll just leave it at that. Not just kidding. <laughs> I was I was thinking while you were talking, you were talking about um, losing um, or we were talking about losing um, old traditions or, or old symbolism and old ways of doing things. Tonight I was talking with an older brother and it was pretty interesting that um, he brought up something that, that was, that was pretty, pretty, pretty impactful to me. We were talking and, and, you know, all the brothers were, were over there talking at the table and me and this older fellow were one of my older mentors. And, and, um, and he said, you know, I tell you in today's Freemasonry, um, we would never be, we would never talk back then the way that we talk today, the way that you hear a lot of these brothers go on and, and say different words that, that are just not proper to be said in, in public, much less at your house. and, and he was talking about cussing and, and so many people. And, and we started talking about it. And I remember when I was a kid, my, my parents taught me that when you cuss, it's because you're not intelligent enough to come up with a proper word to say in its place. And that's always stuck with me. So I, of course you hear me cuss sometimes. I, I, I grew up in the transmission industry, so I, I, I got pretty rude for a while. But when, when I hear people get belligerently ugly with their words and stuff, um, yeah, it's, it's a lack of intelligence. And, and you're right. As we grow as individuals and, and we learn these Masonic principles, we you notice that people that are further along in their journey tend to talk better they walk better they carry themselves in a different way and and i'm not saying that i'm one of those guys at all because i'm still i'm still a wild card sometimes but you know to that to uh to that point you know if you if if you follow the staircase you know that's a that's a lifelong journey and you can tell 
by the way somebody carries themselves if, if they're really applying those things to themselves um, on a daily basis. Yeah, we're, we're all on the level. We're all equals, but we're all at different points in our journey. And some people but are- we should, all be, we should all be leveling up. Well, we should all be focused on leveling up and trying to do better. So some brothers, to, some brothers are at the same point that they were when they started years ago. And then there's some brothers that, like you're saying, like you'll tell over time, like they'll, they're, they'll, they'll prove in rhetoric, uh, not rhetoric. What the heck is that? Rhetoric. Uh, they might learn about like astronomy or, or some more esoteric things like that. But um, you could tell over time they're putting the work in and uh, Freemasonry doesn't really judge you by the work you put in uh, how much or to, to what, rate you you do so um but it, it is and i'm noticing this more and more it is refreshing to see brothers that are putting the work in because it makes a huge difference yes and you see them at the and even at the festivals you can you can see a different um a different person showing up a different brother showing up than than what you're accustomed to um just by visiting lodges because you, you see guys that are, that are trying to learn from each other and trying to, to expand their horizons and mm -hmm. open their, their, their hearts and minds and, and spirits to different, to different uh, concepts. And, and so you tend to see a little bit of a, of a level up and it has absolutely nothing to do with what you're wearing. We do dress nice because it's good to, to, to dress the occasion at times, but it has absolutely nothing to do with that. You can tell by the conversations that are spurred from the educational um, talks. And, you know, what's interesting is, is after the talk, you see people disperse and just start talking amongst each other and the conversations that happen in those in those circles in those little circles that develop in the bubbles that develop from that one topic that's i i love walking the room and and talking with people and and just hearing all the different things that that come about through uh through discussion like that comes from a from a festival board yeah so we we have just a about five minutes uh left for this uh this particular podcast are you worn out robert did we wear you out? No, I'm good. I was just listening. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, I'd like to open the floor for any, any final thoughts. Uh, let's start with Robert, if you're, if you're game for it. Final thoughts. <laughs> you got to keep that on there. <laughs> uh, Y'all talked about uh, 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 the winding stairs and going through that progression. Uh, I'd point out, uh, you know, it starts with grammar and rhetoric and uh, yes, yes, focusing inward and on the self and being able to draw yourself out to share your thoughts with other people. And it, and it, it graduates to astronomy as, as far removed from yourself as you can possibly be. And there's a reason for that. Freemasonry is intended to uh, uh lead you into methods of perfecting yourself uh, so that you can then turn out of yourself and become a less selfish and less self-centered person uh, and, and, and better the world around you. So uh, uh, I agree with you guys that you, you can tell 
the difference between guys who are actually taking the time to to work on those things and and those who aren't because duh, of course you can uh it's going to make a difference in in the way that you interact with other people uh and uh and it's i'm I'm really glad you guys are emphasizing that and and highlighting it on on your show because it needs to be stressed more often in masonry uh because we're not just a bunch of guys who uh hang out or or as is sometimes said about festivals, just uh go and drink together Mm -hmm. uh there's a lot more going on there and uh justin can tell you from last year's festive board that uh we learned a lot about uh the historic symbolism of phalluses and uh he thought about that a lot uh in 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 the days and nights that followed he just could not stop thinking about the phalluses actually i thought about dennis is like dennis would really have enjoyed this yes (laughs) yes dennis would have Uh, and i'll and i'll and I'll be thinking about that festive board every time I'm at the Scottish Rite and we start going into uh, into the Egyptian teachings. Oh, yeah. Yay. The 31st degree. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. we, we, tend to, we tend to pull up the gods in, in many degrees. So mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I want to give Dennis his opportunity to say something. But you said something that Robert said something that was really profound to me. It kind of made me, my gears start turning. Uh, you mentioned uh, as you ascend the winding staircase, the the further you get away from yourself, uh, ultimately ending in astronomy. It's like, and, and you have you have geometry, which is number five, and we we all know what geometry represents, but uh, or or letter G more specifically, uh, which I think are synonymous. Right, we're told that in, in the charge, but music's right there in between which is very interesting. Th- these things build off one another to an extent. And so uh, to have geometry, number five, astronomy, number seven, and then you have music right there in between. That's uh, that's very interesting to me. Yeah, just, and, and in, our, in our time, music and astronomy seem like very different disciplines. But in, in, the, in the Reformation era, which eventually led to things like Freemasonry uh, coming into their modern form, your your most important books about astronomy had titles like on on the harmony or the Re- revolution of the spheres right so uh the the there was a notion of uh not just the the stars and planets being a sort of musical composition uh, a, per- a perfected musical composition by the supreme architect but also that internally uh the human body's uh organs and its components and its systems like the circulatory system all had a direct correspondence to uh, the universe and in astronomy that there was a similar sort of music or harmony happening there. So your anatomists and your doctors and uh, your surgeons were all studying astronomy and vice versa because they thought there was a, a parallel. The, the common phrase that we still hear is as above, so below. Mm-hmm. Uh, the less common but equally important back then follow-up to that was as within so without and and freemasonry carries that forward even with guys who aren't aware that they're participating in those traditions and those disciplines uh you know we that that's that's a, a neat thing about masonry even even the guys who don't take the time to focus in on uh, this stuff and and study it uh they kind of get 
steeped in it anyway, just by going through the degrees and learning the work. The, they, they get the framework and uh, even that bare minimum changes you to some degree. Man. So absolutely, brothers, with, 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 with what both of y'all were talking about, the, the stairs that we're climbing as we're going, the, the lessons that we're learning, we are learning to make ourselves more intelligent so that we come to God correct. So we come to God in, in so we're ready to, to learn about God, to understand God, to know God. That's why we, we teach ourselves. That's why we read. That's why we, we listen to the podcast. That's why we, we, um, we watch the documentaries. That's why we listen to the podcast. The podcast. The podcast. Masonic Improvement. The podcast. No, just kidding. But that's why, that's why we do all these things, and we go to the classes, the continuing Masonic education classes. I, I tell you, in San Antonio, we have a wonderful program for continuing Masonic education. And I'm going to tell you, Austin, Texas has stepped it up. The Austin Scottish Rite Valley, they have got a magnificent way that they teach the, the degrees on Friday nights with a dinner on the stage. They, they go through the degrees and, and relive it. And, mm. and it's just a magnificent way to learn about the degrees. They're really doing great things in Austin. So the Austin, tell the, you, San the Antonio Austin, and Austin. The Austin Scottish Rat sounds a lot better uh-huh. than San Antonio Scottish Rat, the way you make it sound. No, that's <laughs> not even close. Because San Antonio, <laughs> San Antonio has, we have our in-person CMEs as well as our Zoom CMEs. Mm-hmm. And it's open to anybody that's Scottish right, mm-hmm. not just a particular group or whatever. Anybody that's Scottish right, if you can be verified, then, then you can join in on our discussions. In our in-person, we're going through each degree. We started with the first three in Blue Lodge, and we discussed them at length with the symbolism and, and, and what, was, what was said and done and, and what everything meant. And in the, and in the uh, Scottish right degrees, we're doing it. And we're also discussing the northern Scottish right degrees and comparing them. It's very cool. Mm. It's very cool because they, they're the same lessons, but they're done in a completely different way. And we're having so much fun with that. But Austin really does have something special going on with their Friday night CMEs. And, and you just got to throw a shout out to those guys because they're really stepping up the game. Mm. And, you know, speaking of the, uh, the gift that you're going to need to, edit out when I said that I knew what it was earlier and where it can be seen. Um, the, the gift that we're going to get, I've seen it firsthand in Austin and, and they do it in Boston. Um, they're, they kind of do it in Austin, Austin, Texas, Austin, Texas. It might as well be Boston, Austin, Massachusetts. They're there. Yeah. They're from out of this world, but they're, they're still cool guys. We love those brothers. And we also, you know, like I said, going to the, listening to the podcasts, you know, not just ours, but 
think about historical historical light. Mm-hmm. That that's an amazing that's an amazing podcast. I love listening to the guys. In fact, we do a toast at the end of our CME uh, Zoom. Uh, at the end of our discussions, we end it with a toast, and mm-hmm. I got that. I got that from listening to Robert and Alex on on historical light because th- during COVID they were doing that almost every night. Oh yeah, and yeah, the nine o'clock toast. And so we do that. We end our Scottish Rite meeting with that toast because of that tradition. And, and that way, at nine o'clock, it's nine o'clock somewhere. We all give a toast to, to the Masons around the world. So it, it's a pretty cool thing. And then, you know, you've got all these other great um, venues like, uh, like uh, the Winding Staircase. You know, we're going to, we're going to be talking with those brothers soon. And, and, you know, that it's spoiler, just an amazing spoiler tag. It's just an amazing time in Freemasonry. If you're not getting what you think you were looking for in Freemasonry, we can help you. We can help you get there. We're, we're talking to people all over the place. We're traveling to, to meet these people mm-hmm. because we love Freemasonry and we love the opportunities that come from it. And so if, if you need assistance in, in learning a little bit more about it, if your area covers it, I mean, it, not every area in the world um, has, a, has a lodge to join. Mm-hmm. So just keep that in mind. And if we tell you we can't do it, it it's, it's not because we don't want to. And, but, and specifically, remember, in the last episode, Dennis himself said that if he could travel to your lodge and help out, he would. So be it. El Paso, Texas, Seattle, Washington, Montreal, Canada. Just let me know, and I will give you Dennis's personal information so you can reach out to him, and he'll book a ticket. He doesn't care if it's in Shanghai, China. He will be there to assist. That is the level of dedication you'll get from brother. Oh, I'm sorry, from the right worshipful Dennis Yates. That's exactly right. (laughs) I'm called the guru of Goliad for a reason, because I will do that. You call me, I've got presentations I can give, and I'll be happy to come and, and visit your lodge and visit you. And, and uh, yeah, give me a call. If I've, got the, if I've got the time open, I'll go. Yeah. I'll go. Now, my boy Justin here, he's, he's a homebody. He, uh, he's, yeah. you know, he, he started Masonic Improvement because he likes to be in front of the computer. He's a millennial, so he doesn't get out there in the real world. But yeah. I get out there. I'm an exer. Man, I, I dig it. So D- Dennis is my idol. I want to grow up and be like him. Let us, <laughs> let us know. Let us know how we can help because truly, Freemasonry is an enjoyable experience. Mm-hmm. There's there's nothing else in the world like it. There really isn't because you've got brothers that they love fellowship. You have you have OES. Mm-mm. No, <laughs> I'm sorry. There is no other fraternity like it in the world. You have you have your fellow. You have your fellowship, your fraternity, your your philanthropy, your history, your education, your esoteric your ritual. Your esoteric and your ritual, mm-hmm. and good food, man. We got lots of good food, and and usually at the end of the night, it's a it's a scotch and a cigar for a lot of us. The best green beans money can buy. 
That's exactly right. We the know green we've got it down beans. to an art. That is the we've truth. We've got it down to an art. It, the, the beans are greener on this side. Mm -hmm. The greens, yeah, are, the beans it, are greener. <laughs> the true secrets of Freemasonry involve green beans. The beans are greener on this side of the fence. Yes. <laughs> Brothers, thank you for, for having us. We, we love what we do. I can, yep. I can say that for myself for sure. I, I love Justin. I love you guys. And, and uh, this is my favorite part of Freemasonry right here is reaching mm -hmm. out. So with that said, uh, I would just like to remind everybody of a few things, um, just some housekeeping. Uh, number one, if you have not got yourself a ticket to uh, the Waco Festive Board that's coming up, uh, I will include links below, uh, both in the video description and in the comment section. I'll pin it so it'll be at the top. It, it is well worth your time. It is well worth the money. It is well worth the travel. Make it a priority. Get yourself a ticket before they all go away. You want to be there. It's going to be great. Where else are you going to get Dennis Yates' autograph? I mean, come <laughs> on, man. Or a, or a picture with Justin Jones. Yeah, JJ yeah. himself. Or, or that. Uh, also. Hey, uh, well, wait, wait, wait. Don't forget, there's there's going to be auctions. Silent auctions. That mm -hmm. in, and, uh, you know, he, he misspoke. He said that there would be a custom case for the auction. There's going to be that? two. Robert. There's oh. going to be two cases for the auction. One will be a past master's case or, well, or a master's case if you're a master mason. I, I have the master's as well. Mm -hmm. The other is going to be specific to the event. A one-of-a-kind made just for you with your name embroidered on it. That one's going to be the big ticket case for the auction. Because mm -hmm. it's going to be a one of a kind and it's going to be made for you specific to the event. So, um, brothers, there and and the paintings, the painting, are you kidding me? There, there's so many cool things, so many cool things. And, and you know, the, the door prize, I, the door gifts, I can't wait. Yeah. I know what it is and I am stoked. I've been waiting for that. Cool. Yeah. I'm glad you get to go. It's gonna be fun. Sorry, sorry, I jumped in on your. Oh no, no, wagon. no! I, I'm glad you you took care of my wrap up for me. I jumped into his <laughs> bandwagon. No, it's all it's all good. But uh, on top of the uh, the festive board, uh, Robert is also a co-host on the Historical Light podcast. Yes, yes. that as well. If you have not subscribed to it, it is a very very interesting podcast. Well worth your time. Uh, it's also on YouTube. Um, I mean, I listen I, to it all the time. Yeah. yeah. Like whenever I'm driving, it's, a uh, whenever there's a new episode, I make it a priority. It's, it's, it's just, it's always interesting. It's always good. Uh, also, uh, Austin Scottish Rite, uh, San Antonio Scottish Rite, uh, both fantastic organizations. I'm told I'm not Scottish Rite Mason. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of from the outside looking in, but I hear great things. So if you're in those areas and you're looking at doing Scottish Rite, uh, definitely join Austin. And if they're booked up, uh, you could probably look at San Antonio. Um, they might have something. So that'd be good. Uh, what else? What else? Oh, I, I showed a book earlier. So this is a really interesting book. Uh, I was saying uh, Robert gave a presentation about it. It's not, it's not, it's not coming through very well, but it's called the Masonic Magician. Um, it's a, it's a Egyptian Freemasonry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I'll include a link to that also. The just original Ouroboros. Just because it's it's so interesting. Yeah, yeah, the original. Look at that thing. So uh, it's definitely worth checking that out. I'll include links for that. Oh, the last thing I was going to mention. Uh, Masonic Improvement shirts are yeah. available. So Get the swag. I'll, Get the swag. Yeah, you gotta got to hit the swag, man. So I'll lots of links. You have your options. And we... You don't have to and click we them might all, just bring the ones you want. We, we might just bring one of those uh, shirts and hats with us to the uh, to the festive board as well. We might, we might look out. Yeah, I might, I might get one, and you could put it on and let Dennis sign it for you. Ooh, yeah. So that's <laughs> that's all I have that comes to mind. Yes, we also have the weekend before the festive board is AMB Day in Waco. And that's always a fun time if you're a, an AMD member. Uh, you get to go up and, and see a lot of the degrees, and they usually switch them out from year to year so that you don't see the exact same ones every year. But you can see 20 different degrees in, in one year. And th these are lost degrees. These are not degrees that you're going to find anywhere else. These are lost degrees, and that's why AMD is there. It's the Allied Masonic degrees, and it's to keep – uh, Freemasonry alive, the lost degree. So if you're a member, um, if you're one of those bodies, then, uh, then come on down to Waco. And also if you're not a member, then, uh, find out who is around you. I thought you it might was invitation be surprised. only. It is yeah. invitation only, but how do you think you, how do you think you're going to get an invite? If you, if you don't know who, who's a member? I don't know. I got an invite. I didn't even know we had one at our lodge. But you know what? I don't think yours is like mine. Oh, probably not. I mean, mine's awesome. Yeah, mine's better than awesome. Oh, okay. All right. My <laughs> mine's contagious. Mm, mm. Ooh, I want to get that checked, put some cream on it. I know. <laughs> there is no cure for this disease. Mm. All right, brother. Y'all have right. fun. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed it.